Throughout scriptures, there are a number of occasions where there's always a prayer request. Paul always asks for prayers. In our first reading today from 2 Thessalonians, he once again asks for prayers. Then he also tells them how they're supposed to live out their lives and not be busybodies, and not be lazy. We'll read from 2 Thessalonians. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people. For not everyone has faith, but the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. In the name of Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teachings you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. 
For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy, they are busybodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Take special note of anyone who does not obey our instruction in this letter. Do not associate with them in order that they may feel ashamed, yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as you would a fellow believer. There's a lot of that in that could be useful in today's society with the COVID and everything that hit and people getting free government money. And I hear so many businesses around the area, around the United States, they can't find help because nobody wants to work anymore. We were in the ANW here in Webster a couple of weeks ago and on the sign of the door it says, hours may vary depending upon staffing. What has happened with society? I hear it so many times people say, people in our generation have more values than the people in today's generation. Today's generation of, of people are busybodies for all practical purposes, what Paul is talking about. We need a sense of protection against that type of idleness. We need a sense of protection away from the evil one. We need a sense of protection from God. So in our, my message for today, we're talking about a hedge of protection. Now in the general term of things, a hedge is a fence or a boundary that can define an area or create a level of security or defense. I've seen many pictures of Buffalo Lake Lutheran Church and I've seen one for the first time yesterday where at one time there used to be a fence up around here. And I was kind of surprised that I didn't know there was a fence up here. A sense of protection. Basically, it was probably to keep the kids in here so they're not running all over the place. It's got to protect them. And if there were kids here in church, I was going to bring them up and say, why do we live in a house instead of in a tent out in the middle of nowhere? Why do we live in such buildings? Well, because of the weather. We need a sense of protection from the elements that are outside. The house is our protection from the wind, from the rain, from the snow, from the cold, from all the elements that are out there. And a tent just doesn't do it. We need that protection. And protection is a covering or shielding from exposure, injury, damage, or destruction. So now when you put them two words together, hedge and protection, it is a fence or a boundary that is designed to act as a covering to shield you from exposure, injury, damage, or destruction. 
hedge of protection, you're not going to see that terminology in the Bible. But it is alluded to many, many times. In Job 1.10, it says, the devil is, is talking to God about this hedge that God has protected around Job. He says, have you put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hand so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. God placed a hedge, a sense of protection around Job. And there are many other verses in the Bible that talks about a sense of protection. Like Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. And in Psalm 27, 5, it says, For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. We think of uh, God intervening as being something that we read in the scriptures not happening in today's society. But I want to read to you a couple of stories from Dutch Sheets about God intervening with a hedge of protection. The first one is, in his book, Living and Praying in Jesus' Name, Dick Eastman and Jack Hayford recount this following story. A missionary determined to take the gospel to an interior region of China experienced the sovereign protection of God. Ruthless bandits along the road had prevented this area from being reached. However, this young missionary went preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. He later returned to the base without having seen any bandits. Shortly thereafter, other missionaries heard a rumor circulating throughout the area. The bandits had not attacked because an entourage of 11 soldiers had traveled with him. He actually traveled alone. The missionaries concluded that angels must have protected him, but why 11? The missionary wrote about this experience to his home church in the United States. His pastor asked when this had happened. Upon receiving the information, the pastor excitedly communicated his part of the story. The pastor had been prompted by God to call a special prayer meeting for this missionary. When the date of the prayer meeting arrived, the pastor was disappointed at the poor turnout. That changed, however, after he received the missionary's amazing report. The pastor was thrilled to tell him, you will be pleased to know that counting myself, there were exactly 11 of us who were praying for you that very day. 
Those 11 faithful intercessors became a wall, a perimeter of protection around this missionary through their prayers of intercession, causing Psalm 91 and Proverbs 18.10 to become realities. God wants us also to believe in the power of the name of Jesus and use it to build walls of protection. When Cody was serving overseas, we would recite Psalm 91 for him, for a sense of protection. Psalm 91 is actually a sense of a prayer. And we modified it to include Cody in the prayer, which is awesome. So today I'm going to read Psalm 91 as it is in the Bible because Psalm 91 is a prayer. It's a prayer of protection. It's something that can be prayed every day. It goes like this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and on the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. A sense of protection, which brings me to the second story. In his book, Prayer That Moves Mountains, Gordon Lindsay tells a remarkable story similar to the one about the missionary to China. It's a remarkable picture of protection walls and boundaries through prayer and what prayer will do. You will notice in his story what happens when he's praying totally and when he doesn't pray totally. Unknown to a Christian Armenian, bandits followed his caravan as he transported merchandise across the desert town in Turkish Armenia. The bandits waited until after dark to attack. 
But upon approaching the caravan, they were astonished to see high walls surrounding it. The same scenario happened the following night with high walls again protecting the caravan. On the third night, however, the walls were broken in places, allowing the bandits access to the merchant. Frightened by the mystery of the walls, the leader of the bandits offered to spare the merchant and his caravan if he would just share the secret of the walls with him. Having no knowledge of the walls, the merchant replied that all he knew that he was doing was praying each night, committing himself to those with him to God. But on that particular evening, he had not prayed as usual due to his tiredness, and that probably accounts for the breaks in the walls. The testimony so amazed the bandits that they gave their lives to Christ. Many would find the story unbelievable and the other one as well, but why should it surprise us? God simply allowed people to see with what is actually there in the spiritual realm. Walls of protection. Zechariah 2.5 calls them walls of fire. It says, For I, declares the Lord, will be a wall of fire around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. Protection. Isn't that what we seek each day in our lives? Protection from the evil one that is out there? And I understand that there are some states here in the Union that they have Christians going to the corners of the states with anointing oil and praying for protection, a hedge of protection around their state. God is for real and will provide protection as long as you totally believe and have faith in him. So how does a hedge of protection mean in our life? Well, number one, it's a protection from outsiders, much like when we maybe had a fence around the church here, we we're protecting the building from other people coming in. You have a home and you lock your home up at night so that people don't come in and take stuff and you're protected from the elements. Even if it's a certain case of locking your keys. No, don't lock your keys in your vehicle. Lock your vehicle and take the keys out to protect your vehicle from people wanting to rummage. We've had those apparently in Groton here lately. I leave my keys in the car. I got my billfold in there. I got everything in there. And the police officer says, you might not want to leave that in there. They don't do any damage, but they'll go in the vehicle. They're rummaging through. They take everything out of it. One guy had just cashed his, uh, his check and um, left it in the billfold. And they got into his vehicle and took all the money out. No sense of hedge of protection there because he failed to protect what he had. God gives us a sense of stuff around us. We have to be smart enough to use it. So we need protection from outsiders. 
We also need protection from ourselves. You know, there is this thing that we're our own worst enemy. And each one of us probably can have a sense of, you know, God will do something to help protect you if you're listening to him. And I don't know how many times I can relate to, I hear, I feel something that isn't quite right and I shouldn't be maybe doing something. And I don't listen to it. And guess what happens? Something bad happens. And it's just like, why didn't I listen? God was trying to tell me and I wasn't listening. And those things happen. Psalm 91, as I said, is a hedge of protection. Many people have prayed verses to help have protection in their families and their lives. The one thing that we want to make sure, though, is that we don't take it for granted. That we're not going to say, oh, I'm going to go do this anyway because I know God's going to protect me. It doesn't give us a license to keep on doing something that is not right. We shouldn't have that type of attitude. It doesn't give us the license to do so. It's just like forgiveness and repentance. It doesn't give us a license to keep on doing the sin over and over and over again. Once you repent, you turn away from what you were repenting for and improve your life. So I'm going to give you three reasons to pray for a hedge of protection. Number one, it's God's promise to you. Psalm 121, 7 and 8 says, The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. Don't be afraid to ask and believe that God will Come through with his promises. It's his promise to each one of us. Another thing is that it's God's passion towards us. In Romans 8, 38 and 39, it says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love for you is eternal, and nothing will ever get into the way of his love for you and for me. And the third one, I think, which is really the most important, is it's God's peace within you. If you're walking around with an attitude that nobody likes me or just a black cloud continuing hanging over your head, that means you don't have peace that God is trying to give you. We need to get over the attitude of peace, is for somebody else and not for me. No, peace is for each one of you. 
in Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. See, God desires to remove fear and replace it with his peace. I had a sense of peace yesterday. It was really interesting because yesterday morning as I'm just going out and about doing my stuff and I'm walking back from the post office and I'm thinking, wow, something's different today. I just seem to be at peace. There's nothing pulling at me trying to pull me here or there. It was just like peace, tranquility, God's love, God's presence. And that was really a great feeling. And we need to have more of that in our lives. We need to have a sense of peace, that hedge of protection. I remember one time when I was a kid, I wrote a a little story. We were supposed to write a real life example and I really didn't have anything at the time, so I said, can I just make something up? He said, sure. So I wrote up as, I am leaving the city, the noises of the horns and the traffic and all the loud noises are going, I'm driving down the road, and I come to a forest. As I'm walking towards the forest, I see what looks like, apparently, the tree is just like opening up, allowing me to come in. As I'm walking towards the the trees, I'm going in, I turn around and look, and it looks like the trees are closing up behind me. And as they're closing up, all the noise from the outside world, all the commotion was gone. I walk into the forest, and there's a sense of peace and a sense of tranquility to be one with God. He's there to block out the noise. It's like, look at the cover in your bulletin for this morning. A sense of hedge over us. The tree that is green and it's it's just partly cloudy. But there is a sense of hedge there protecting us from the elements. Protecting us from the evil forces from the dark side. And that's what God is there for us. He is there to protect us. Isn't it wonderful to know that we have a God that does that for us? Reach out to him. Pray to him. As Paul does, he says, you need to pray for us. We need to pray for each other. We need to pray for ourselves. We need to pray for that hedge of protection. The best part about the hedge of protection carries over from this life into the next. I had an interest, I've seen it somewhere, that we are not living in the land of the living and going to the dead. We are basically in the land of the dead trying to get into the land of the living. 
eternal life. That's what we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to God. And all we have to do is ask, and he will give us the way to get there. God will watch over us until we get to the land of the living. I want to leave you here with Jude chapter 1, verses 24 and 25, where it says, To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. There is great joy. There is great love. There is great peace. There is a hedge of protection that is around us. Believe it. It is for real. Amen. May the grace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the true Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our Christian faith according to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask for a hedge of protection around us in our lives to keep us from falling into the temptations of the evil one. The evil one who is out there trying to divide our country, trying to divide our families. No, Lord, we do not want that to happen. We know that with your hedge of protection around us, it will not happen. For you are our God. You are our protector. We are your children. And like children, our Father will protect us as we protect our children as well. Thank you, God, for the blessings that you have given us. Thank you, God, for everything that you have given us in our lives, especially for protection that we so desire to have in our lives. Protect our country, the great United States of America. We are a country that is built upon the beliefs of you as our founding fathers included you in the development of our country. There are challenges that await us. There are challenges out there as people try to steer us off the road into a cliff. 
But even though we may be steered off the cliff, Lord, and we might be driving in the car and might be falling with your helpful hand, Lord, you will take that vehicle that we're in and lift and carry us to safety. Because that's who you are, God. You want to protect us. You want to help us. Be with the leaders of the nations throughout the world. Grant your spirit of wisdom to give them the knowledge to make the proper decisions. Allow the war in Ukraine to end. There's no reason to have the bloodshed that's over there. So Lord, go over there and do what needs to be done to have a sense of peace and allow the bombing to stop. We as caretakers of this planet are also faced with situations where we have the hottest temperature on our planet in 100,000 years because of global warming. Lord, we are struggling with what to do. There are so many factions involved in so many countries and so much that is going on, Lord. We need your help, Lord, to guide us and protect us from the heat, to protect the planet, to allow the glaciers to, to form up once again, to give us a, a sense of balance. This is a tough life that we're living in, this little tiny speck of dust roaming throughout the universe, but yet you care for this tiny speck of dust. You created it for us. And we need to take better care of it. So help us, Lord, to do what is right. We also pray for those whom we name in our own individual hearts. We lift up all these petitions to you, Almighty God, and we pray the prayer that you have taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As we take our worship, praise, and prayer from this place into our daily lives, may the lives be sustained through the love of our Heavenly Father. May we feel the presence of our Savior walking beside us and know the power of the Spirit in both our actions and our words. May the Father's hand keep you from stumbling. The footprints of Jesus give you confidence to follow. And the fire of the Spirit keep you safe and warm with God on your walk on this very day. 
And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious upon you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace, his love, and forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And let God's people say, Amen.